My name is Alex, and I'm here to say I hate Yerks in a major way. Welcome to Minds at Yerk. My name is Alex. I'm Megan. And I'm Tim. And we have hit the big 3-0. It is the reunion. Marco takes his crisis. truest form, a cockroach. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. That one hurts. Doesn't it, though? How is everyone today? I think I caught the New Orleans crud, but outside of that, I'm good. Oh my god, I got to see a house that definitely had a sign that said for sale, not haunted. And it made oh. my entire trip. Oh, Do they go for more or for less if they're I not haunted? Know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's so good. But now I question every house that doesn't have that sign. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good way to like throw shade. Yeah. Yeah, you see this one next door? It doesn't have this sign. I'm also going to start putting ones that are, like, not involved in zombie apocalypse. I'd be a great realtor. I want to put up a private residence sign in front of my house that says not haunted. Just good. I can't do the for sale sign. You should you do could. like a. It just would be a very confusing situation. <laughs> no solicitation, beware of ghost. <laughs> That's true. Definitely not haunted. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> We're like 85% sure. Just things kind of move. You never know. I don't know. They just kind of, I don't know. It could be a faulty foundation. It could be ghosts. It could be. My ghost is nice and tends to leave me alone. Just likes to move shit. Yeah. It's old. It gets old. Yes. Always, always assuage the spirit. I, I assume my ghost is like super like, like, what's the word malevolent but like just not good at it so evil but incompetent yeah your ghost yeah time. so you have visitor three yes pretty much <laughs> gotcha it's like it's constantly trying to kill me but all i can do is like push a door shut that's fair yeah you have the peter pettigrew ghost it's a harry, harry potter, potter reference. Ah, <laughs> i should just assume that that if i don't get it it's a harry potter reference <laughs> Or a musical theater reference. Or both. Or both. <laughs> or both. Or both. So, uh, Tim. Hey. Would you like to regale us with the events of the reunion? Absolutely. Marco has a dream about his mom. Marco skips school and runs into his mom. He follows her into a building where he has to acquire an innocent man and steal his clothes to escape. Marco's mom is in disguise at the Sutherland building. Marco, Axe, and Tobias burden and roach to do recon there. A Yurk attack squad shows up at the same time and the gang fights them off. The Yurks think Visser 1 is a traitor because of Visser 3, so she offers to help the gang take him out for info about the free hork colony. Marco convinces them to take the deal. The trio go break Cassie's window to find out what to morph and acquire mountain goats. Marco shares his plans to eliminate Vissers 1 and 3. The gang starts to work the plan by leading Visser 1 to Chapman. They lead Visser 1 around to pick up mountain climbing equipment while avoiding controllers. Visser 1 drives to a trail with, anamorphs ro- with anamorph roaches riding along. Everyone gets out separately at, a- at the trail. Visser 3 shows up and blows up the car with Jake and Cassie still in it. Visser 3 is going after Visser 1. Rachel and Tobias are in Hork-Bajir morphs, posing as the free Hork-Bajir. Visser 3 gets tired of walking with slow-ass humans and morphs something crazy and goes off alone to link up with a group of Hork-Bajir and Taxons. Visser 1 makes it to the top. Eric fakes the free Hork-Bajir colony. Vissers 1 and 3 fight, and they brought air support. Marco doesn't know what to do. Cassie hits Visser 1 in the face. Jake stops Marco from saving his mom from falling. Rachel says, there wasn't a body. Dun, dun, dun. So do you think they're just really big fans of John Darnell with all the mountain goats in this book? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know who John Darnell is. He's the lead member and for a while only member of the band The Mountain Goats. He's also an author. There was a band called the Mountain Goats? And still is, thank you. Ah. And they did exist in the 90s. I mean, I think Michael Grant's really big into music, if I remember correctly, so possibly. <laughs> did y'all notice Mr. Grant was in this book? Yes. 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 I have to. Also, very nice. Also, yeah. General Grant was mentioned in this <laughs> yes, book. Yes, true too. Yes. 
But I have to assume that Mr. Grant was his, like, Grant Morrison moment of writing himself into the story, right? I don't know. Do you you think we can take that for granted? (laughs) No. No. I'll grant you that, Alex. (laughs) How many more sighs are you guys going to try to get out of me? Come on. I'm so disappointed at the moment. I did forget to look at what Michael Grant's, um, or to put together what came out of his uh ama last week um because it's not something that there are some spoilers in it so it's not like i can just link you but there are some great great things i'm gonna try to pull that up and look at it while we're we're doing this i know that you did a message inside of the discord that we have to say that he gave an update on the graphic novels he did and the audiobooks yes anybody's interested in those they both should be starting next year i i saw that about the audiobooks i don't think i knew that they were doing audiobooks yeah but I'm I'm kind of excited about that, even though yeah, we'll probably yeah. be done about the time that they come out. But no, <laughs> they start in January. But oh, oh no! To I be don't. fair, they're not all coming out in January. Sure, sure. The real question is, will they catch up to us? That is the question. Um, just for anybody scoring at home, five capital D dumpsters in this one. Fuck. Yeah, three Good on to know. three on ninety five, two on ninety six. Yeah. Was this when they were talking about where his clothes were? Yes, that was it. So, Meg, the one thing I made out in your uh, robot breakdown there was uh, the opening of this book is rough. You mean the dream? No. I mean, that's always not fun. But, like, up until Marco meets up with everybody in the barn, these are, like, two different books. I agree entirely. Who the fuck... You are in an elevator with Visor 1, and you think putting newspaper over your head. Like, what? It's the dumbest moment. It is. It is the dumbest thing in 30 books, Mm -hmm. plus all these side books anyone has done yet. And Jake and Visor 3 are characters in this series. (laughs) (laughs) I did think that with the whole bit of him going down to the building, I, I, I really thought I'm not going to enjoy this book. But I did kind of enjoy the last part of the book. Yeah, like this book is actually a really, really great dive into a less or a more serious Marco and especially his personality and how he views the world and why he is considered so cold and cunning and intelligent, even if he drives you nuts. It is peak Slytherin, Marco. Yeah, it is so fucking Slytherin. Um, But the first half of this book is dumb shit. Yes. You know who else? And I almost, like, to pull the cover back, I just finished the book like while tim was doing the summary because i started this book and went oh boy no yeah no i will do this entire book from trying to remember can i tell you that i also cannot stand the way that tobias is written and i cannot stand the way that rachel is written in this book interesting i think there's some good moments but um well okay there there was well there was one good tobias moment and it was the one where rachel's going off on him and he's like you know what just just stop yeah just stop. that was a great yeah. moment but outside of that R- tobias is just so like i guess unproductively on marco's back about his plan like his plan's not good like we we get it but the way he goes about it i found like irritating yeah i mean you know like he's so... not he's not wrong on any level when he makes these comments but there's something about the way they come across that of like that seems more like the role of marco than the role of tobias here you know yeah. I think it's worth remembering that uh, no matter where they are and the fact that they're a team, Marco and Tobias do not like each other. Yeah, that's that's Like, they never come out and say it, but it is very clear that, like, if this ends tomorrow, they won't stay friends. Yeah. But even even at that point when Rachel starts going off on him and he's like, you know what? No, this is too much to even dump on him. I was that, that was a very good moment for Tobias. But that was about the only moment where I didn't find him frustrating. Here is, I think, the thing that disappoints me in Tobias in this book. Um, and it's a little bit coming back into sort of where we were in Megamorphs 3 and answering Meg's question from book 29, like, would Tobias be a good field leader? You'd think so, but we keep getting, like, the examples of him at his worst. Yeah. yeah. And I really wanted, hoped through all of the back half of this book, especially once they're climbing the mountain later on and Jake and Cassie disappear and then Axe disappears. Like, 
I wanted the the twist to be all those times Tobias was brooding, he was running a B plan around Marco to protect him, yes. to insulate him. Yeah. That all of this stuff that wound up being happenstance was in fact like Tobias yeah. hedging bets. Yeah, I would have liked that. Um, and I was a little like, in fact, while while we were getting started, Meg asked like, "How does this get explained away?" It doesn't, and it drove me a little nuts. You know, you know yeah. what we we talk about Tobias being in charge too. Uh, so this is a book where he is specifically put in charge by Jake, and Jake who we know you know regardless of other things maintains his command very well so much so that marco even wants to say yes sir to him at one point but what's the first thing that happened when when tobias is put in charge somebody else makes a plan and just kind of completely overwrites him yeah you know what i'm saying granted it's a little bit more i mean marco has a little bit more reason to be involved in this but still it's like instead of like maintaining team order he just sort of gets jumped i think it's I'm sorry, Very, go ahead. Sorry, this book... Yeah, I mean, poor Tobias is stuck in a position where, like, you kind of don't want <clears throat> to push back against the guy whose mom yeah. involved. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, but it is, like... This book, more than any, is a very clear turning point for Marco, where, you know, the guy who wanted nothing to do with this and was ready to walk away from, like, page one, and now he is having conversations with, the like, the imaginary conversations that you have in the shower of explaining away why he would sacrifice his mom. His yeah. mom, the entire reason that he got involved in this, right, he yeah. decided to stay, and he's going, I had to do it, and here's why. And it's so real. And, and It's like- so great. By the end of this book, I was sitting there thinking about it. It's like, okay, so Visser 3 is not dead. Visser 1 is clearly not dead. Like, we knew that as soon as she fell, she wasn't going to be dead. And we I'm like, don't know that. All well, we know. We know that. But, okay, we believe that firmly. Let me put it that way. But we, um, we being Tim. <laughs> we being Tim, who is very often wrong, so maybe. But, um, <laughs> um, but that was the, the the way that I got it. Like, as soon as she fell, I was like, well, she didn't die. Yeah. But, and so I was sitting there, I'm like, well, we really didn't get anywhere until I thought about the fact that Visser 1 knows now. Yeah. We lost uh, ground in this book. Yeah, that was, but that's a huge thing, isn't it? I mean absolutely and also like that whole like the way things go totally sideways the way we lose ground like this book stands in such stark contrast for me against the last cassie book where she's very much in the same desperate kind of position and just totally pulls victory out of the jaws of yeah. defeat. Whereas, like, and I think if Cassie had been on the the team for the first part of this book before everyone regroups, like, she would not have let Manic Marco take the lead. Like, she would have found a way to defuse and stop him. But we have the two, like, least empathetic team members backing him up. Like, no one has that skill set to actually stop him there in the middle of the night. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But, like, it's it's pretty telling. Like, they've got, in a lot of ways, kind of the upper hand here. They've got a lot to work with in terms of Visser 1 and Visser 3 fighting, and they're being the only ones with kind of a full picture of what's going on. And it just goes out the window. Yep. It just goes out the window because no one will say, Hey, Marco, maybe, maybe you need to breathe for a moment. Mm-hmm. But I think, in part... So- all of everybody's taken on a different like their role i mean jake is the leader we get very clear here where marco goes at one point i would have made a joke now i'm fighting the urge to say yes sir and then we have rachel who we know is ruthless in a different way from marco where she isn't about the plot and plan she's like let's end this with violence now yeah and then there's Cassie, who, depending on the day, is on one side of the moral line. And so, I don't know, I I kind of agree with, I, I, I'm okay with Marco being in charge here. And, and the fact that nobody is kind of, that everybody's letting him kind of do his thing. Because I kind, like, by this point, I only trust Marco to see these kind of clear divisions. Cassie would have maybe found something else out. And maybe in the end, the Yerks wouldn't have this advantage now. But it could have ended up much worse because it would have taken time. I think the idea of getting in, getting out quickly was really important here. Yeah, and I... To be clear, like, I don't... This is not one of the the times I'm saying, like, this would have gone better if someone else were the linchpin of this one. Right. I just think the way that things go contrasts sharply against the sickness. Yeah. Um, And I do think, like, 
to make this plot work, you have to sideline Cassie for the first half of the book. Oh, definitely. I also appreciate the fact that, like, so typically with these books to this point, the Yorks have kind of won some, but it's always felt like the Animorphs haven't given up much. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the first point where it's like, like, even Cassie. Cassie has told a York that they're human. Mm-hmm. There is a yerk out there that knows who, well, now a, a whale, a, a whale yeah. that knows who they are. And that never felt like it was going to have major repercussions. Like, yes. Yeah. Even though it did come back and have a storyline, it's never been something that felt like this could be a major issue. This is kind of the first defeat, yes, for yes. lack of a better term, that like maybe our guys aren't going to get to live with their an- anonymity forever. Yeah. Uh, the other question I have is Visser 1 didn't really gain any ground either because she said she was running scans on the free hork colony that totally wasn't there. So she still got that, that traitor tag that could be hung on her, right? Like, like she didn't get anywhere. Yeah, no. I mean, she still yeah. is not in a position of power. And in fact, she is a sub-Visser. Like, we're still calling her Visser 1 and they right. do throughout the book, but... She, she has been demoted. That's true. I do. That's true. I did find that interesting is that that they mentioned or that she mentions that she's been demoted, and it's never a question of who is Visor One now. Yeah, because that is a bad guy you probably need to worry about unless they're on another planet looking for new hosts, which is quite possible. And yep. also, if someone else is Visor One now, that means that they got promoted over, over Visor Three. Yep. Yeah. So. And okay, so we just did Megamorph with Chad Visor Four. We don't know anything about Visor Two, right? If we do not yet. No. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I will say, like, for the way this book started and how much I hated. Oh my god, that elevator scene. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. I mean, like, while we're... on top of regular, like, hey, there's fucking cameras and elevators. Hey, I, you well, know, know speaking of cameras, not speaking of ca- sorry, go ahead, Tim. Well, it's it's like not to mention the fact that it's like, hey, I had a dream about my mom, and then it's like, you know what? I just up and skip school and. Hey, I bumped into my mom, and I was like, "Oh, is this really how we're gonna be?" Two words, Tim. Elamist bullshit. But yeah, you're oh, right. You beat me you're it. right. It explains yeah. away all the things, doesn't it? I was about to say, do you never have like bad dreams that make you be like, you know what? I'm done for today. I'm just not going to get up. And no, I have. We're gonna call this day a wash. I I don't have bad dreams like that. I have like moments where I'm talking to people, and I'm like, nope, <laughs> that's enough for that today. We're gonna we're gonna pack it in and call it a day. <laughs> no, I I had one so bad the other day that uh, I woke up my dog who was very annoyed and was like sobbing into him, and then I was like, I should call out for work. <laughs> this was a bit much, and then but everybody's been on vacation, so I was like, gotta go in, just go shut my door and kind of deal with the day. If yeah. I uh, if yeah. I wake up and I remember my dream, it's been a monumental dream. If that makes sense, like you I know can what? Fuck count you for that. <laughs> I can count on two hands all the times that I can remember what happened in my dreams, and oh. even when I do, the crap that happens in my dreams is so abstract. Yeah, you know what? I appreciate you making me jealous of you. Let's <laughs> not. I have really wild, absurd, usually pretty dark <laughs> dreams, and I've. I'm just accustomed to them. But yes, like once, say every six months or so, once a year or so, there will be one that just like wakes me up and I'm like, nope, I'm not going back to sleep. It's three in the morning and I'm just gonna watch the West Wing or whatever. Yep, I have been there. Until I inevitably pass out asleep at like nine in the morning and then sleep until two and suddenly my already fucked up sleep schedule's even more off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I just exist in a hellscape in my mind. It's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's not a joke. It's you know. very true. Like I basically just have nightmare after. It nightmare. was the like it was the like bubbly voice that you say that in. That was... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things you have to learn to accept in life, and one of them is the fact that like, hey, I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. It's cool. Yeah. It's fine. You deal with it. So, um, we were on the subject of things about this book that anger Meg, and I'd like to return to it. (laughs) Because apparently there is one surveillance camera in the entire shopping center. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we have pointed out that cameras do exist. They do exist. There's one of them, and Rachel knows exactly where it is. And there definitely aren't any around the back exits through that shop. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. 
And also, how great was Visser three being like, or Visser one being like, "Aha! I am recording this," <laughs> and Visser three being like, "Aha! I am also recording this." I did enjoy that that whole standoff where it was like, "I am more loyal." Let me tell you how the people. Well, my people are pointing guns at your people. Well, I have people pointing guns at your people as they point. Oh my god. It's so much. Also, Visser 3 is an idiot. Visser, even Visser 1 is like, Visser 3 is so dumb. I, hey, did, how has Visser 3 never noticed there are no human casualties? Uh, well. Do y'all, do y'all realize that if I ever go into battle, y'all two are the ones that are going to have to be like the army that I bring with me? It's okay. You can be Jake. Yeah. Alex will be Cassie Marco. I'll be Cassie because. Like, like, I'll have to be like, well, I brought an army and you two will have to jump out of the bushes. <laughs> like, ah. You'd better hope Jin is here that week. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> Otherwise, it's all on Mag. Oh no! It's not gonna be me. Oh no! Did you, did you catch Alex that uh that Marco has a Sega CD? I did. Yeah, I, I did figured you would. That. Yep. I uh, hope he enjoys all of his FMV games. <laughs> Do either of you stay caught up on my dad wrote a porno? No. No. Yeah, I'm way behind. This week's. Um, they talked about how flying a plane is like playing in 64 game. And then um, Jamie started talking about his, I don't know if I can say it like he did, but it's Sega. And he kept going, Sega. And that's all I can think of now every time someone talks about Sega games. Um, we also learn in this issue that Marco's mom is where he gets his driving abilities from. Yeah. Yes, yes. Which I cracked up at that particular callback. Yeah, yeah, that yes. was a good one. Uh, so, Tim, you believe Marco's mom to be alive? Yes. Do you think Marco's mom's ever going to make it out of this alive? God, uh, okay. If she does, she's got tiger claws across her yeah. face now. That's um, quite possible. Uh, my honest feeling is no, but I really, really hope so. If That would make me very, very happy. If she were to get unyerked and be reunited with Marco. Because she sounds like a really decent human being. Like, uh, when not in yerk. So if you are Marco's mom, and you have realized that your host's son is an anamorph, what is your next move if you have survived? Well, I'm still yerked, right? Yes. If you are the the yerk controlling Marco's mom and have realized it is your host's son. I'm going to go reclaim my title as Visser 1 by sharing this information or capturing them probably more likely capturing them and how are you going to do that well that is an interesting question um luring them into a trap i guess by acting like i'm not yerked anymore would be how i would do that hey marco look at me i'm your mom come find me they'd be like cool we're gonna put you somewhere for three days yeah I well, have to say, no, like, that's what, like, four-fifths of them would do. I don't think Marco <laughs> would do it. I think Marco would be like, Mom, and just bite. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think Marco... I think he likes to think that he wouldn't. I don't... Yeah, I, I don't know. But, okay, so we talked about how really dumb the beginning of this book is. Yeah, it's bad. The middle's really great. Can we talk about the last, like, two chapters? Like, yeah. Marco definitely has officially outed himself. It's not, like, a question of, hmm, Visitor 1 kind of assumes it. He calls her mom all in more. Yeah. He says, yeah. I love you. He assumes she's dead. Rachel comes over and is like, um, I don't think she's dead. There's no, like, scorch mark or body yeah. and, like, whatever. And then it's like, cool, let's watch some movies. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I it was kind of a reach for me how she figured it out that it was you know it's like hey I know you you're in the shape of a mountain goat right now but I know you and I'm like well how did you by because, that one one be, joke yes because he makes a very specific cultural reference yes I don't even remember what the joke that was is fairly new it is Prince of Egypt Prince of Egypt oh that's Harding. right yeah yeah and of course. Then he does say, I love you, just to yeah. confirm it. I mean, at the very least, he makes a joke that go, that has her being like, yeah, okay, Andalites aren't going to know shit yeah. about Moses. And then, hey, my son used to crack these kinds of jokes. And uh, also, my okay. son was there at the snafu yeah. underwater. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess I could see her getting there. But when yeah. I first read it, I was like, well, that's kind of a jump, but... Yeah. I think for it to really work, you've got to remember they're seeing each other in the Liren shark 
mind That's control true. book. Yeah. yeah, that like a random ass place to see your son is underwater. And just putting it together that he probably wasn't the controller that he said he was when he was right. down there. Yeah. Right. But yeah, that's exactly how I would do it. I would, I would, you know, play to that. Like I'm on Yurk and I'm, I escaped from Yurk control. Now come find me. I like the now come find me part of that plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I could just show up at home, but you know what? Let's do some fucking Carmen San Diego shit. Yeah, there, there'd have to be, there'd have to be an element of still come saved me, save me somehow. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not perfectly, like I'm free from the Yurk, but I'm trapped on an island or, or something along those lines. You know, I'm trapped on an island with a psychic rat. Yeah. <laughs> telepathic rat one that keeps screaming for some reason <sighs> your boy chapman showed up in a lime green running suit <laughs> yeah and, and and it might not kill him to run a few laps every now and then is all i'm saying okay or they're getting up mountains. yeah to the point where like even a bird was uncomfortable yeah like, that's true yeah i love hiking but goddamn it is sometimes exhausting yes were you excited to see hedrick again tim yeah i was <laughs> I more excited I, I was more excited to get deeper into the Visser one Marco relationship, though. Like, that's the one that's really driving me. And that's why I'd really like to see her free at some point. So what you're saying is Marco's mom has got it going on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like the big twist earlier in the book that really got was like, oh. Was it it's Marco's mom? Yeah. So I've, I've, I've kind of hung on to that one, and I, I'm, I'm really excited when she shows back up. Do you think, I mean, this is, okay, again, the first kind of hint that... Huh, Maybe they're going to be figured out. But do you think that they actually will ever be figured out? Yeah, yeah. Unless they can get that yerk out of Marco's mom's head, that's getting out. But I don't know that they'll be figured out. Okay, I think they'll be figured out as humans. I don't know if their direct identities will ever be figured out. Let me put it that way. I mean, if Marco's mom has figured out that's Marco, it's not a long walk to figure out at least a couple of the others. Sure, sure, it's not. But I don't know. If that doesn't happen soon, I don't know if it'll happen. I do like that Vister 3's response to any bird now is kill them yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's valid it is we, valid okay i rushed through the ending do we figure out how cassie and jake survived this shit yes yeah they more okay. when when marco called the limousine was coming cassie realizes what's up and is like go back to roach and they both go back to okay. roach cassie made it all the way so she was fine after getting blown up jake was only halfway there so cassie stayed back to like cool. revive him in time to demorph before being stuck as a half boy half roach monster it even says they speed morphed yeah yeah that's cool that that's a thing we can do now but we still can't morph shoes yeah (laughs) to be fair i feel like at one point they do learn to do that but i also feel like this might have been a fan fiction that i read and i don't actually hold out hope it appears that oh the shoes I thought yeah. you meant the speed morphing. No, 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 no. Yeah. The shoes. Um, yeah, we get something about like months ago or that they've been doing this for months. I'm really curious how long they've actually been doing this. Like at no point have they started mentioning that it's been years. So I'm guessing it's probably around like the 18 months mark or something. But uh, it's cool to see that this is a skill that actually improves. Yeah. Kinda like when yeah. you run and then you can suddenly run farther. Yeah. You can now morph better. It's true. I'm mostly shocked at the ability of Axe to get to the Andalite Valley without Tobias guiding him. Hork-Bajir. Oh, sorry. The hork Valley. And uh, and also successfully lead all the hork your back also what a dumb move axe yeah Yeah. seriously i thought that was insane that he would be like oh well this is a good plan you want some reinforcements sure yeah I as literally they they faked the existence of the hork free colony so that he could bring the hork free colony i i it just blew my mind that that was his thought process on the bright side no one knows now where the real colony is and he was like it was such a like a dumb siri moment when marco was like i wish i had an army and x was like yeah okay army and then he just like (laughs) is off and goes and gets (laughs) for this episode x will be played by darcy carden (laughs) (laughs) you want an army bing yeah I did really enjoy the whole, we have to pretend to be Andalites. Yeah. And they're like, how do we get so, like, how do we act so arrogant? And then eventually Axe is like, I'm actually starting to get a little bit of video. Hang on. 
<laughs> and then Tobias, uh, with his, what was it, the Horkbajir dimness, where he just kind of yes. kept repeating stuff. <laughs> that was so good. There's so many great lines in this book. Can we talk about the torture device Scissor One uses on Marco's mom? Oh, yeah, that neck, that brain-controlled yeah. neck yeah. brace thing. The, like, saw-esque sounding yeah. device. It just holds what her the fuck? ear against the water. So the, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. It's like, occasionally, part of my brain can be like, kid series, yay! <laughs> Ignoring all the horrible PTSD, really terrible things that are going on. And then there's like that scene where my brain wants to be like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But oh boy. But I think like if my kid brain were to read that, it wouldn't have quite the traumatic connotations that adult brain has with it, if that makes sense. Oh no, it does. It's yeah. just still. It's just be like, oh, oh boy. She's got a neck thing on. But then I read it as an adult and I'm like, yikes. <laughs> Yeah. That sounds unbelievably terrible. And it sounds like she absolutely knows how unbelievably terrible it is. Because she's just sitting there cursing the yerk. I did appreciate that, that she hasn't given up. Yeah. Yeah, Marco's mom's got a potty mouth, huh? Yeah. yeah. She curses yeah. a lot in this book. <laughs> so does Marco. At least once. Yeah. yeah. What was it? There was, somebody said a couple of words that couldn't be repeated. I don't remember if it was Marco or if it was... It happens quite a bit. Yeah. How did you feel about Marco getting butted by the goat? Yeah, I loved his description of it when he was like, <laughs> you just don't know what humiliation is <laughs> until this happens to you. That was one of those moments where I was like... No, he dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the same thought of like, no, Cassie said this could send a man through a barn wall. Yeah. You're not just like Wait, I thought the kicking trouble. The, oh, I guess it would be kicking. Yeah, kicking. But, but still, still, still. 300 pounds of goat at how fast do mountain goats run? Oh, you know what? I, I have to assume that this is just like basically a mountain goat that would be my friend. And he was just like looking at his other mountain goat buddies and was like, Hey, watch this. This will be funny. And so not enough to actually hurt Marco, just enough to, as he said, humiliate him. Just but I went think over there. There, and... there is a difference between, hey, this is like not to be in like painful to another mountain goat. Sure. He's not going human, weighs less, a little bit more soft and squishy. In my head canon, he absolutely is. Okay. <laughs> He's like, and he laughs. Some, he has a little goat laugh that he does and all his little goat buddies they're like sitting there smoking cigarettes and they're all just laughing at the human who just fell 15 feet just like an andalite just like an andalite because apparently Axe sees a kinship with mountain goats yes yeah but he didn't want to say it because of the cow thing <laughs> he's still disappointed yeah. did we mention this is ghost written uh i think no, we didn't. We have not yet. Okay. But it was very apparent very quickly that this was ghostwritten. I feel like, yeah, if you take out the beginning and the last chapter, like the first, like, what, six chapters, take that away. It's great. You probably couldn't tell the difference. I don't know. Uh, Marco, well, maybe if you take out the first chapter, like you said, but Tobias has a different voice, like I said. Yeah, I mean, I think really it's until, like, I took a break halfway through. I took a break between chapters 13 and 14. And I feel like it was around 15 or 16 where Tobias stopped being so just, okay, why is he even in the book? Okay, right. so so you had the same sort of feeling about Tobias, that it just wasn't Tobias. I always take from that just that Marco and Tobias don't like each other. And I yeah. feel like every time we read one or the other, the other doesn't feel quite right. So I think... I, okay, I, I, that's fair. Yeah, like, I 100% agree with Meg on that, but it is also to an extent for the first half of this book that there's really little point in even having Tobias there. Yeah. Tobias doesn't really do anything but occasionally have Marco acknowledge that he's flying a little further away or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's out of character for their relationship. I just don't think there's that his being there adds anything. That's fair. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Wax doesn't quite read the same, too. I mean, they're never going to read the same because it is yeah. ghostwritten. But, yeah. yeah. But there have been a couple of ghostwritten books where, if you asked me, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I know there was at least the one mm -hmm. that we even talked about it that I, was, I just straight up couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I made you yawn. Oh, you're good. Can I sneak away for about two minutes and then just come right back? Do you, are y'all in a big hurry? Go for Go it. Okay, cool. Thank you. So this is the point we talk about Tim as an Andalite, right? Oh, yeah. Tim is definitely an Andalite. 
Yeah. Uh, I definitely caught him like rubbing his feet into a peanut butter and jelly sandwich the other day. Mm, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. He's also like exploring facial hair, and that is super shocking for Andalites. Apparently, they don't grow facial hair. No. Axe yeah. was very impressed by the uh, mountain goat's beards. Yeah. Yeah. And that is quite evident with the uh, beard that Tim's got going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other ways is Tim like an Andalite? The tail. The tail is a giveaway. Oh, God, that is such a giveaway. I don't know why we never talk about it. Like, yeah. he just knocks things over while we're recording, and it's occasionally hard to edit out. Yeah. Yeah. But at least he's now found a chair that he can comfortably, like, glide his tail through. Yeah. And get some background. Yeah. It is also great that he has set up his microphone to, like, take in thought speak and produce something. I mean, Andalites have had that technology for a solid yeah. 50 years at this point. That's true, but they... At least since the 60s. You know, using human devices to get that is pretty great. True. But our technology is so just completely outdated to him that... Yeah. 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 Has he found any new foods recently? Um, well, you know, he's gotten into molecular gastronomy. Oh, no. And I See, we don't... tried to explain, don't eat things like cigarette buds, and then there's that. Yeah, like, I don't think it is quite sunk in yet that just because you can cook with nitrogen means that it's safe to stick your hooves in nitrogen. No, no. Yeah. Um, fortunately, not a lot of nerve endings there. <sighs> But I was, it was a close call. I was worried. Are his taste buds okay? Um, you know, he morphed and morphed back and he was good. Ah, there. That's fair. That fixes it quickly. I guess if you're going to have that ability playing with liquid nitrogen, it's just totally fine. Yeah. Now, dipping dots do continue to be frustrating because they don't get absorbed so much as just stick to his hooves. (laughs) That is, yeah. We're going to have to get a picture of that one day. Yeah. Yeah. It is also interesting that, like, the human form he takes requires glasses. I wonder why he picked this. You know, we were talking about that the other day, and it's actually because one of his favorite Earth shows uh, is The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Oh. Yeah, and it's a reference to the whole, you know, Clark Kent Superman, Clark Kent Superman. It's true what they say about you. You are galactically stupid. Bit. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Interesting. He thinks that it'll help keep him hidden if not only does he morph human, but he wears glasses when he does it. Does he have an obsession with phone box too? With what? Phone boxes? Or, um, hey, phone boxes. I mean, what are they called? Phone booth? Phone booth. Those are the things. <laughs> Look, it's, I'm tired. Police call boxes. That's what that's you're looking probably for. probably what I'm combining, yeah. yes. Well, you know, we've tried to watch Doctor Who. Oh, no. Oh, no. He has to be obnoxious watching Doctor Who. You know, the, the the thing I was pleasantly surprised by was when we got to the episodes that reintroduced the Cybermen, where they're kind of pulled into that pocket outside of, of our universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually was pretty cool with that. Like, that's a pretty accurate representation of Z-Space. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, now some of it, yes, is absolute nonsense to him. I mean, anytime, anytime the doctor travels through time, I get to hear about the energy requirements and that's not what a time matrix looks like and all of that. I mean, yeah, that's, I, that's kind of why I stopped watching. I just watch like really human shows like Chuck. Chuck, he finds amusing because of the technology, but also that you could put it in a human and, um, he's convinced it's, it's, I might've told him that it was nonfiction and, um, yeah. Yeah. No, that is fun. I mean, I'm I'm working on passing off Fringe as a documentary to him. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. I figure that one's safe. It's not so much time travel as much as alternate reality physics, and that doesn't seem to play into Andalite culture very much. Interesting. We should see if there is Andalite. We should write that down to ask him. I mean, have you met Andalites? There's not Andalite fiction. That's, yeah, they don't really have a creative streak. It's kind of sad. Now, there is, there is some, like, counterculture Andalite poetry, but it's mm. really communicated more in flavor than in words. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, man. Has he tried, like, uh, what is it called? Um, fireball whiskey i feel like for someone you know that loves cinnamon and and cinnamon buns and things like that like that definitely has to be an experience um i'm not a monster so no i have not (laughs) inflicted fireball upon him i love fireball i have no idea what you're talking about i'm sorry that is something that uh i you know and drunk andalites not a fun experience to be around no well again the tail becomes a liability yeah even when they're inhuman, like, they're like, well, I don't have to be human. I'm all loose and free. And then the tail comes out. And it's like, damn it. 
Yeah. I really loved that lamp. Oh, hey, Tim. Welcome back. Hey. Okay. Welcome back. Sorry. How's it Sorry going? Sorry about that. Not bad. Okay. I, I do have a funny thing from uh, Michael Grant's uh, AMA that I was looking for to share. Um, I know Animorphs was middle grade, so this is off. This was off the table. But one thing I always wondered was if off screen the characters, especially as they hit fifteen or sixteen, dabbled in substance use or became sexually active as things got more stressful for them as the war went on. Do you think they were so focused on the war that they missed these adolescent milestones? Michael Grant replied. Even in later YA, I've tended to avoid sex scenes, partly because they simply cannot be written in a way that doesn't evoke chuckles, and because we are conscious of being, at the time, 40-something-year-old adults, and it just felt creepy writing erotic for minors. That being said, if they didn't try some morph-related kinkiness, they were not the teenagers I was. (laughs) And I thought you both would appreciate it. I mean, we've definitely established Rachel and Tobias have their proclivities. But I really like the idea of, like, Okay, not the that was weird phrasing. Um, kind of want to see like the one shot fanfic of like Axe finding cinnamon flavored vodka and or whiskey and or whatever else, and um, suddenly you just always have a drunk andalite. I thought you were gonna say Axe finding furry furry porn. No, 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 nope. I don't. Nope. You go right ahead. We've nope. already established that he's into BDSM. Yeah. Nope. We're good. On a tangentially related note have you tried the cinnamon coke yet no, no. that's disgusting now hang on okay. here that sounds excellent with a good rum that's oh, exactly fair. what we fair. said too is that it um it it, it tastes kind of like it's made for mixing it sounds like it's made for mixing it's not it's not terrible on its own it's kind of unique but yeah that's that's exactly the same thing we had after same comment we had after trying it i'm gonna have to pick that up in some like what's the captain morgan that comes in the cannonball shape i think it's called cannon blast maybe it's like super cheap but surprisingly good for what it is so now that we have this long discussion of what andalites are in human form let's get back to the book yes <laughs> um i highlighted the line but jake too is addicted to the bright clear line i feel like there's a lot of like quotes in here that i could probably write an entire like book of essays on chapter 17 in particular because it has that line and then it has the discussion of um she's your mother Cassie exploded. She's not Visor One. She's your mother. Is anyone else just going to let this happen? Jake sent her a cold look. This is not the time, Cassie. When is it going to be the time? When Marco's mind is screwed up forever by this, he's in denial. This is his mother, for God's sake. There's a lot that goes on in this one chapter. And Cassie's not wrong, though. He has gone through, like, all five stages of grief in this book. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because Cassie's saying, that's not Visor One, that's his mom. When <laughs> That's in other not parts Visor of the One, book, that's my wife! <laughs> there's other parts of the book where they say the exact opposite thing that's not your mom marco that's visser one yes yeah interesting everybody's take on it it's both porque no los dos yeah exactly because marco can't see it as both or he's trying very hard not to let him see yeah yeah but the idea of being addicted to this bright clear line of having an a to b here's the you know figuring out the solution i find fascinating yeah. I think that is something that leads to a lot of mistakes. Well, yeah, I mean, because at some point you are divorcing yourself from both a certain amount of reality to buy into that, i.e. it is both Visser 1 and his mom. Yes. But also just it becomes your focus and blinds you to the things that can go wrong. Yeah, you have to have a certain amount of adaptability. Yeah, if you are so yeah. assured that your plan is the plan that works then you are locking yourself in. And if you're not building contingencies into that, then you have to get very lucky. And it also sort of eliminates when you look at that A to B as the the sort of grand scheme of things. It's, you know, we have Yerks and we don't want Yerks. You lose sort of that moral gray area that we seem to talk about so much. Yeah. It just becomes, what do we need to do in order to eliminate the Yerks? Not what is the right thing to do with the, the innocents that are still around. Well, there is no straight line. It's more of a Jeremy Baramy, if you will. Very much so. Watch The Good Place, Tim. Okay. Yeah, I'm... I'm behind I was about on that too. I'm behind on everything. That's like a season behind. Hold on. Yeah. No, I'm a lot behind. I only watched through season two. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I'm sorry. No. It's okay to be like a little bit behind in season four right now, but you haven't watched season three? No, I haven't yet. I'm a lot behind on all of the things. I don't I'm know. bad at I'm bad at TV. I'm no, just hang say on. That yeah, hang yeah on. I, was, I, was I feel like you're your stealing line. my bit. <laughs> I was. I was. I was gonna go for it. No, 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 no. Wait. <laughs> Finger wag. <laughs> 
There are three shows that I watch and make sure I stay on top of weekly. Riverdale? Yes. Veronica, not Veronica Mars. Good place. Mm-hmm. Yes. And shoot, I should know what the third one is. It's the one that I can't get anybody else to watch with me. It's fine. It's oh, evil. evil. Yes. Evil. Um, I watch one show that I don't wait for the seasons to be done, and I'm behind on it too. Arrow? Was the, the Orville. Oh. The Orville's the only one that I watch week to week. Oh, you gotta catch up on Arrow. As much as you've been yeah. happy with it, this last season is rad. Yeah, I, I definitely have to. We were I'm just sorry. talking about the, the no. crossover coming up. Arrow is like 20-something episodes a season. The Good Place is 12 I know. Episodes that are 13 episodes that are 30 minutes long. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking for excuses, I have none to offer. Because it's a very good show. I enjoy the show. There's no reason that I should be this behind on it. Anybody listening, if this doesn't, I'll get edited out. Tim basically had to be tied down to watch this. Yeah, like, I did. It was one but of those I... things where I was like, well, I've commandeered your TV. You're going to watch <laughs> at least an episode of this. Yeah. That, was that the same night we made Milena watch Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly actually how it happened. She came to my house and made me watch that show. We watched that. We watched the first episode of whatever season of Black Mirror, and we watched the Jimmy Stewart movie. That's right. Yeah, that was a good night. We got a lot done that night. We did. And yet. (laughs) And this has very much to do with Animorphs because. (laughs) Jeremy Baramy, baby. Jeremy Baramy, yes. All right, I'll get caught up. I need Cheaty to write an essay on the ethics of Animorphs, please. Oh. Oh, Cheaty definitely has considered it. It would break him. Yes, yes. Cheaty is definitely the Cassie of the group. So I've got I've got two weeks to get caught up on The Good Place. You've got... Uh, at this point, the first episode I don't think is on Hulu anymore. Correct. Yeah. It has fallen off. So you are... I mean, at least get done... Do you know what's ridiculous? Is I watched like, see, like the entire... Like, it took me like four days to watch the entire thing because it's so short. Yeah. So short to prep for season four. Okay. For those of you joining us at the hour mark, this is our Good Place fan cast... All Andalites go to The Good Place. <laughs> our show within a show. Um, What else? What else is in this book that we want to talk about? Just gonna put this out here again. A lime green and yellow jogging suit. So good. <laughs> the most 90s thing of this book is you, that outfit. You know, okay, let's, let's just continue painting this picture. Definitely a One. headband. Definitely a headband. You know it's kind of puffy. Oh yeah, it's that windbreaker material. And yes, exactly. It's that synthetic, like it rustles when he walks. Like as he is jogging, he's going swoosh, 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 yes. swoosh, swoosh, swoosh. You hear yes. him before you see him. Do you think he's wearing gold chains too? No. no. I don't feel like he's got that vibe. <laughs> I don't know Those why like... why the response that popped into my mind is the response that popped into my mind, but let the record reflect it's bad enough that I'm not going to say it. Oh, whoa. Yikes. Yikes. I am enjoying Googling to see if there if I can find this in like an outfit. Not quite what I want. Did y'all see the advertisement on the back of the book? Uh, or on the last page? No, I read ebook. For the what? Daily Planner? No. It's oh, coming for in Everworld? June. Yes. Yeah, Everworld is coming in June. Oh boy. So I guess that does mean that she was writing it about yes. the time that the the that's what she was working on when the ghostwritten book started. Yeah. So I'm picturing like uh for 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 this issue or for this book for Chapman in this jogging suit. Richard Kind, does that work for everybody? Absolutely. I think he's yeah. actually been Chapman before, but I think that has works very he? well. I think he has. I don't think he has. I think we need some kind of wiki. We do. We do. We do. No, I don't think he has been. I'm trying to think who would have been similar this, enough that it's causing you to is, have that, but I, I can't. This is the moment where we realize that Tim cannot predict the future, but he knows all of the past. <laughs> I well. thought you were going to say this is the moment where we realize Tim cannot predict the future or the past. <laughs> <coughs> Once it's the past, it's called guessing. <laughs> I was just going to give you the benefit of the doubt this once, but uh, nope, Meg says no. I don't think so. He's our first two-time Chapman, according to me. But you know what, Tim? You are now in charge of listening through and making the (laughs) list of people that we have cast as Chapman to prove me wrong. All right. 
I, I will do this thing. And then make sure YouTube. to re-listen to this episode. I will do this thing. I will make a, we should make a Discord channel where I can list them out as we, as we okay. do them. We do have one that is about casting. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I can pin it as you do yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. And it's not something we've talked about in a while, but let's say John Darniel is an Andalite, just while we're oh, here. Oh, death, death, yeah. death. I did um one of his books for judging book covers. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. He does the audiobook and some of his music's in it. Very cool. I really want him to do just a podcast about music history. I think he does. Does he? I think he has a podcast. I'm looking it up. I think he has a podcast, but I don't know that it's about music history. I only listen to the mountain. Since 2017 has co-hosted the podcast, I only listen to the mountain goats with Joseph Fink each episode. Oh, no, it just explores one song, one of the great mountain goats songs yeah. in great detail. He was on an episode of Judge John Hodgman. He was. And, like, gave just a really clear, succinct series of explanations about stuff that I would love to have more of. He, his book was a twisty mess that I still haven't figured out if I really, truly enjoyed or not. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you were expecting something and it was not that, and I still don't know. I don't know. The Spanish Inquisition. No one expects that. No one expects that. And when they do, do you know what happens? The mayor of Chicago dies. Anything else about this book? Yeah, I mean, I basically, I can just give you a bunch of quotes that are like, hey, I could write an entire essay on this exchange. Um, but outside of that, no, I think we've covered kind of everything. I mean, do you have any favorites in there? Uh, I really enjoy his, I like, I cannot express how much, like, my favorite scene of this book and maybe my favorite scene of any Marco book is Marco laying in bed, unable to sleep, having these imaginary conversations with people. Where he's <laughs> trying to justify what he's doing and why, including if we win the war, the future students who will read about him. And then Jake, like constantly having this conversation with Jake where he's trying to explain to Jake like why he's wanting to do this. And none jake says none of it all jake says is okay yeah which is about all jake says to him in this book anyway that's fair jake does tell him not ever to do some shit again and yeah yeah but yeah um but yeah i think also the discussion of like marco defining himself as ruthless and that ruthless doesn't necessarily mean mean yeah all right any technology that would make a difference here now that surveillance cameras have been invented i don't know because apparently elevators don't have cameras <laughs> This is just my common yelling into the, the void. All right. Are we ready for some animal facts? Yes. Sure. All right. I have some recent research about vampire bats. This was from October 31st. It would have been very seasonally appropriate on Halloween. This episode will drop in the second week of November, at which point it is less seasonally appropriate, but still very cool. And fun Alex fact, I fucking love bats. I think they're adorable. They really are. They're like... I am an evil mastermind of darkness that, oh, I'm also super cuddly. Yes, give me pets and blood. <laughs> yes. But mostly pets, please. I actually eat insects. Yes, don't give me actual blood. All right. Vampire bats that share food and groom each other in captivity are more likely to stick together when they're released back into the wild. Most previous evidence of friendship in animals comes from primate research, but studies show that vampire bats form cooperative friendship-like social relationship. I like social bats. That sounds Yeah, fun. that that tracks. That's like once yeah. you do time with somebody. <laughs> exactly. Wow. And yeah. to be clear, it's not just about adopting orphans who will probably be killed after you've trained them. Oh, ah, there you go. There's a this is a reference to something that I don't know. Batman. What. It's a reference to um, Batman. <coughs> fair. Yes. And the Robins. Yes. Yep. All of whom die at some point. That's fair. Every Robin has been dead now. At least one. At least. Um, but yeah, bats that are brought into study and form these re relationships with each other will continue these relationships more often than not once they're released into captivity even over like if they're reintroduced back into sort of the same environments and flocks or whatever you call a group of bats what do you call a group of bats a baseball team hey good one a viagra a colony of bats colony. or a camp of bats i like camp better than colony i oh, say i like colony better than camp <laughs> What camp, a shocker. <laughs> camp reminds me of too many unfortunate <coughs> Boy Scout adventures, whereas Colony makes me think of, I don't know, Pilgrims? Colonialism? Not much better, honestly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can we rename a group of bats here? Can we call them, like, a spook? Can they be a spook of bats? Yes, I'm down with that. Okay. So yes, if you reintroduce a bat into its spook, 
it will still hang out with its friends from research study from space camp. <laughs> Fun fact, this was Megan at the wedding she went to this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to monetize this. I just really like the idea of bats having friends. Yeah. I do too. It's great. You know what you call a, a, a friend group of bat? A what? click. Oh, God. It's an echolocation joke. <laughs> Oh, now Tim gets it. Okay. <laughs> no, I got it before. It was just funnier when it was explained. Okay. I thought so too. That's why I did it. <laughs> I don't know why the CW hasn't like taken this series and ran with it because like it's so batshit in and of itself that was they that wouldn't a... need to make it even more batshit. Was that a Megan pun? No. No, I just, like, my favorite swear word is probably bad shit, so. I use guano a lot. As fertilizer, or just... <laughs> Tie nitrogen, good for it. Is it really? Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. It's right there with chicken shit. As Megan's favorite swears, or... No, Take I don't one like of chicken each. shit as much. <laughs> chicken shit means, like, wuss, and I don't like, like that. That shit means Crazy Town Banana on TV. Pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, I do really quick. Um, I don't know how many people outside of me like continue to read K. A. Applegate and Michael Grant books. Um, but Michael Grant's Gone series, the last book came out today, the day we are recording, so a week oh, cool. ago. The 5th of November, The Gunpowder Treason and Plot. I do find it funny that Tim said he was going to do nothing but I make know. 5th of November jokes, and I yet. did not remember it until right now. No. <laughs> so the Guy Fox mask is just a coincidence? Yeah, I just wear it around the house, <laughs> you know. I know what I know what the shitty andalite for this episode is going to be. Yeah. You're going to have Dippin' Dots on its host, too. <laughs> Just to go back to something earlier. We'll see. We'll see. Who, 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 oh, man. Who that... played V? What is his name? Who played who? V. Viggo Mortensen? No. Vince it was the guy Vaughn? that played Red Skull. Val Kilmer? He was in Lord of the Rings. Like I... I said, Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> no, I can't think of his name. It's Hugo Weaving? Me. Hugo Weaving. Yes, you go weaving. I was just coming up with people whose names started with V's. <laughs> <laughs> really couldn't tell. Not at all. Can you imagine Val Kilmer in that movie? <laughs> no. Hugo Weaving should be Chapman. Not in a the leisure shoot Chapman. Just in another. Hugo Weaving in should be Visser 3. Yes. Hugo Weaving should be Visser 3. Actually, that's really good. That is really good. Oh. Mine was a goof. Yours is actually good. That is the natural order of things. <laughs> okay. Um, we do not have any new listener questions or reviews, but if you would like to submit questions, you can do so through our website. Uh, if you would like to submit reviews, you can do that by logging into Apple Podcasts and reviewing it there. I will say that after our Megamorphs 3 recording, uh, we did get some uh comments on the medieval uh section from uh dr sarah who hosts a medieval podcast if you go look at twitter i have retweeted all of her comments uh especially fun is that they would have known what uh elephants are i was about to say what elves are thank you for that cute weaving um (laughs) but they would have known what elephants are which is which was amusing so. I just enjoy shouting, trebuchet, trebuchet. <laughs> he really does. He does that a lot. I do. I and every time I do it, for the record, it is a reference to Timeline. Good to know. Um, I believe that means, Tim. Yes. We're up to that the it is part. once again time for your favorite portion of the show. Okay. In which we ask you to predict what happens in the next book. So this one was a struggle. This one is called The Conspiracy. Okay. But then it became less of a struggle once I actually finished the last book. My theory is that The Conspiracy is Visser 3 covering up the Free Hork Bajir colony. Okay. I'm hoping that's good enough and we can just walk away from it. No. That's really that, all that I it's got. It's not. <laughs> that's never going to be. 32 second long silence <laughs> was in fact us waiting for more. Okay. Uh, no, that's, that's what I think. Would, like, what is the benefit of having... Okay, First of all, who's going to be the narrator? Uh, it's Jake. It's a Jake book. Okay. So what is the benefit of having Jake as the narrator of your plot? I don't think that... Okay. My plot does not really benefit from having anybody as specifically as the narrator. But I can't think of anything else that would be a conspiracy. That would be try to be covered up. 
And that's what I was going for. And Visser 3 hiding the free hork colony. Either that or it's Marco's mom still being alive. And he's trying to cover that up somehow. <laughs> okay. What? But that's also dependent on it playing off of what happened in this book. And they don't always do that. Sometimes it takes a while to swing back around. Tim, let's let's go brass tacks here. What is okay. a conspiracy? Uh, a group of people covering up information or trying to, I guess, Plot yeah, we'll go with that. Let's say plotting together. It doesn't have to yeah. be a cover up. It doesn't have to be. You're right. So a group of people plotting together. So what in the Animorphs universe would be considered a group of people planning together. Um, the Animorphs or the Yurks or really like anybody? Okay, yes. It's definitely Visser 3 hiding the free hork <laughs> You know. I can't imagine. Well, uh, what else would the... I mean, it really anybody could be committing a conspiracy. Any group. What is Jake's reason for getting involved in this war? An Andalite gave him magic powers. No, come on. <laughs> it gave him all of it gave all of them magical powers, but they all have individual reasons as to why they joined this war. It's and Tom think, and the Sharing. Huh? Tom and the it's, Sharing. Okay. Yes. I think sometimes it's good to remember that like they all have their individual reasons and that these plots don't quite always cross over like that. No, they they don't. That's what I was thinking about, is that we probably won't hear anything about the for Hork-Bajir Colony or Visser 1 for okay, but you several do books. tend to say that that it's like, this book will all be about that. So, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I'm just but, saying that if that is Marco's line. So, I mean, it could be the people involved in the sharing doing something. What might that, they do that would get Jake's attention? Um, anything involving Tom. Um, they would uh, recruit more members. They would promote Tom. And what would be things. consequence of that? <laughs> If they promoted Tom? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Greater scrutiny from Tom? Greater scrutiny on Tom? And what would, would be a consequence of that? Jake, uh, Jake's identity, or, yeah, his identity being found out. Or? Or? That's one thing that could happen. What's another thing that, that could happen if <laughs> Tom became more important? Tom would try and yerk Jake. Or? Who else might Tom try and yerk? <clears throat> Um, Cassie, Marco, any of the Andalites? Or any of the Animorphs? Or who else relevant to Tom? Rachel? Rachel? There are other people in this world that are not capable of morphing into animals. Why are you zeroing in on Rachel, Tim? Uh, Because she's a cousin. She's a family member. Are there other family members? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think and I really don't remember right now. Oh my god. Other family. Reminder, Jake is 13, Tom is like 16. The dad? The mom? The parents? Yes, yes, we're just going to hold there. We're just going (laughs) to stay there and move on. Okay. The the record reflect, though, you did go one too far to actually be right. (laughs) You Uh, had it and you just sped on by. Wait, do they have another brother that I forget? (laughs) No! (laughs) Are they going after... No, no, stop. You said the words that yeah, we needed we, you to say. Yeah, we, so so this, what you're saying is that I correctly guessed next week's book and I don't know that I did. If you take oh. if you take some combination of the words that you have uttered in the last ten minutes and rearrange them appropriately, you have the plot of the next book. Yeah, this is gonna be great when you do that for the part of this podcast and you put together me saying the correct thing. No, it's gonna be like that. it's gonna be Alex's like answer to clipping magazine letters out and taping them together to make up death threat. Soon my randomized prediction bot will be complete. <laughs> And you and it can compete for your life. That's all. Ugh, fuck. Um, I forget what Jake's dad does. I don't think we actually know what Jake's dad does. So he's a moil. It's Rachel's dad. That's the weatherman, right? Yes. He's, okay. Is he? Or a he's a, a newsman. Or a newsman? He's oh, a newscaster. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He's on TV in some fashion. Capacity. He hosts the midnight movie hour. He dresses up as a vampire. <laughs> He's a real Svengoolie. Okay. Um, let's see. This is where I feel like the show notes are a trap because I want to read a <laughs> random line from the book and that's what it says next. But I think I'm supposed to read the outro first. Uh, you're supposed to read the outro first, but for, before that, where else can people find you, Alex? You got anything going on? Um, uh, yes. I do other podcasts. Panelology is a weekly comics review podcast. 
The Rob Thomas No Not That One Robcast is a bi-weekly Rob Thomas TV show podcast in which we're currently talking about Veronica Mars, and I am in the role of Clueless Putz who has to guess what happens next. <laughs> and I'm only marginally more successful than Tim. Um, yes, those are places I am. How about you, Meg? Where are you? Uh, you can find me at Judging Book Covers. That's where I am. Chatting about books and their covers. And judges. The judiciary system. I judge them. I judge everybody. That's not true. Tim, what about you? The final episode of season one of the haunted hell house of horrors came out recently and i need everybody to go and tell the creators how much they love the character jessup and how they need more in their lives fair fair yeah so i, I read... just want to mm-hmm. read this one quick line of yes. the last thing that i'm going to say from the ask me anything from michael grant our relationship to animorphs is now like finding out your loser kid grew up and cured cancer we sort of look at each other and say well huh That worked surprisingly well. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why I love them both. So to be clear, I do read the outro before I do a random line from the book. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Because then we laugh at your your, uh, and then we say who we are. Because the notes do have it in a different order. And I'm starting to reason. there's a reason why I screwed up. ever fixed it. Well, I'm looking at a screenshot of them so I don't have two browsers open. So that's why not me. Is it possible that your screenshot is just old? No, because I took it today. Well, then fine. We'd like to thank Christina Red Spinks for our show art. If you're interested in getting some cool art, email c.spinks.animator at gmail.com. Or visit at Chaos Does Art on Instagram. Peep our social meets at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at Minds at Yerk at gmail.com. Or visit our website at Minds at Yerk.com. If you like us and want to help us out, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can't, tell us and we will rectify this. Somebody say when. When. I'm gonna let her go, I said. Damn, that's harsh. (laughs) My name is Alex. I'm Megan. And I'm Tim. And until then, we fight.